evening, and hello, and welcome to Hacks on Drac, a podcast examining the legacy of Bram Stoker's iconic vampire novel, or I think the title's something close to that. I'm Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Chris. How are you? And uh, and yeah, so our, our podcast, for those of you who may not have heard episode one, we're in, over the course of nine or ten episodes going to go through the entire we're going to go through several popular adaptations of Dracula between the book through a couple of the movies and really kind of examine where our pop cultural sort of image of Dracula comes from because yeah. as we talked about last time Dracula is one of those things that all of us seem to know about but and it's almost it's like Santa Claus it's just like information you get through just like cultural osmosis like no one has to sit down really and teach you who Dracula is i mean all of us were obviously showed it by yeah. somebody but it's yeah, it's interesting. I actually remember, um, I don't know if this is still true, but like kind of like in the late 90s when like the internet, you know, sort of became more and more accessible and like the internet movie database was around. I think I remember reading that Dracula is like the most, like the single most adapt, uh, adapted character in fiction. It, it's one of the most adapted. I think, yeah. I think Sherlock Holmes maybe that might be sense. a little more. Yeah. But yeah. Dracula is definitely like top two or three, I'd say. It's gotta be, yeah. Is Sherlock Holmes for uh, like, royalty free like i i think so yeah, yeah. which is public domain how they get away with that yeah yeah um but yeah so it's it's just one of those things that everyone knows but as we talked about extensively in our last episode the book dracula is way 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 different than what you probably think of when you're forced to build a dracula in your brain you yeah. know so yeah so we're going through, um, yeah, over the course of a couple episodes, we're going to talk about several of the important film adaptations, go through their stories, talk about what's different from the book, what's the same as the book, kind of what, uh, you know, that adaptation's added to culture, mm -hmm. talk about, um, yeah, just talk about kind of its influence and, and all that fun stuff. So, yeah. so today we're... This is episode two, so today we're going to be talking about Nosferatu, the silent Nosferatu, the 1922 uh, first, well, it's not the first adaptation of Dracula, but it's the first, it's the earliest adaptation we have record of. Right. That was shot on film. That was shot on film, right. yes. Because there's, there's actually another Dracula film that was made before this one called, I think it's called Dracula's Death, I want to say. Uh -huh. And it's maybe a year older than Nosferatu, like 1921. Was that an American production? Like, you know, I'm not sure. Like, I, I know that it was, uh, that it, yeah, like, no prints of it exist. There's, like, a couple, like, there's a couple, like, production photos of it that exist. Mm -hmm. I know that the plot of it involved that Dracula was a musician. Wow. In this... Oh, so it was, like, a loose kind of adaptation. It was a very loose adaptation, yeah. yeah. It was kind of trying to ride the coattails of Phantom of the Opera, which at that point was, you know, probably the most successful film horror, you know, yeah. movie that had been made, the Lon Chaney, Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. And uh, it does have a sick poster, though. If you find the Dracula's Death poster, it has just kind of like this like demon thing with like horns, and I think there's like a tongue sticking out. Like it's huh. it's very metal. Yeah, because um, and there was like a a stage version of Dracula, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I think the the I'm not sure if the stage versions came. They may have came after this because oh, okay. there was definitely like a because the stage <laughs> versions are what were the basis for the Bela Lugosi movie. Right. 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 So it's probably after Nosferatu. Pro probably right? after this, I I think. Yeah. I'm not sure. If we if we find out differently, we'll post uh, corrections maybe <laughs> in like the description of this podcast. Or we'll just edit all this part. <laughs> or, or we'll just take this out. Six 
so, yeah, so this is in 1922. Uh, Bram Stoker died in 1912, I believe. Uh, definitely before this movie got made. Yeah. Oh yeah, he had been he had been dead for a while. Yeah, he died in 1912 uh, okay. because yeah, it was his estate that were the ones that went after this movie because uh-huh. uh, Nosferatu uh, famously uh, just ripped off Dracula wholesale, yeah. and basically every historian doesn't know if like just the producers uh, just didn't you know, didn't know that they had to get the copyright or just decided, fuck it, we're just going to do it anyway. (laughs) But for whatever reason, they decided to not get it, even though it was, you know, pretty easy to obtain, I feel like, at this point. Yeah, 1922, I mean. Like, like Dracula was a popular book, but it wasn't wasn't like the, you know, juggernaut that it is now. Because, as we talked about last time, Dracula as a book only came out in 1897. It was only, like, 30 years old by this point. Yeah, Bram Stoker probably would have sold the rights to Dracula for, like, five bucks yeah he, he, he died with not a lot of money like yeah. he would have he would have totally done it but they decided uh not to this this uh production company i think it's called piranha film mm-hmm. and it, this guy albin grau he was he was like a film producer and uh he was a notorious occultist also huh. and uh like when you watch nosferatu there's the scene where uh renfield or the renfield you know allegory yeah is sitting there and he's reading like a paper and it's covered in like freaky symbols and stuff those are apparently actual occult symbols just like from his personal from his like personal yeah collection like he was into (laughs) he was just into freaky shit like that yeah and uh and he he wanted to make an adaptation of dracula because in world war one and i think it was serbia he was serving in world war one and he met a soldier who claimed that his father was a vampire Wow, and this just had like such a weird like effect on him that he was like, "I have to make an like a like a vampire movie." <laughs> he actually believed that. Yeah, he met a guy who believed that his father was a vampire. Yeah, in Serbia, and this guy was a weirdo too. If you watch the movie Shadow of the Vampire, which we'll get into, yeah, a little you know here in a little bit, uh, it's the guy that's played by Udo Kier in that uh-huh. movie. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, so he wanted to, to make Nosferatu, but they didn't get the rights. So he, he thought that he could just get away with it by kind of just like vaguely changing Changing shit a little slight names. Yeah. Like, so yeah, so all the names get changed like the tiniest bit, you know, uh, Dracula becomes Count Orlok, uh, you know, which is confusing because they also refer to him as Nosferatu quite a bit, which means vampire. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a German. Yeah. They, they don't use the word vampire in this. They only call him Nosferatu. Nosferatu, So it's, yeah, it's basically if you just sub the word vampire out. Yeah. But Um, yeah, he's Count Orlok. Uh, yeah, Jonathan Harker becomes Thomas Hutter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, Mina Ellen. becomes Ellen Hutter. Yeah, Renfield becomes Knock. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there's people who are vague allegories for Lucy and her husband. Yeah, it's confusing watching this one so closely after watching the Bella Lugosi one because the Bella Lugosi one changes a lot too. Yeah, but at um, least all the people are kind of the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah keeps the names but also worth noting that the uh the version i watched the Amaz- the version of nosferatu on amazon yeah me is, too it's horrible uh, <laughs> it's, it, yeah no it's not good it's not like a good transfer the music is clearly not synced up to uh the action yeah it's just like inappropriate organ music over like happy parts yeah and, then- and like some of it works I mean, that's just like I mean, a, like a wrong clock is right twice a day, you know, yeah. just like just by virtue of having just like creepy organ music in the whole movie. Occasionally, a creepy thing's gonna happen, and it yeah. it's like when you try to watch, you know, Pink Floyd with like you know, yeah. the Wizard of Oz. It's the thing; it's like that kind of music just goes well with kind of anything. So yeah, of course, 
But that version's ultra confusing too because it's the Americanized print. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, so like all you know at the very beginning they show the cast and who they're playing and everything. Yeah, and all the inner title cards are changed out for English ones because yeah, straight up says Count Dracula, Jonathan Harker. Because of course this is a a German-made film, so the original subtitles are all German ones. So Uh you know they would take that was kind of the beauty of silent movies back then is you they there was no language barrier, so you would just take them and you would just change the title cards to whatever you wanted. I think we should go back to that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, I think, no, I mean, it's just like, you know, it's cool that they were able to do that. And like, it was just like these silent films just had mass appeal. They didn't have to, all they had to do was change the title though. Yeah. And that's, and that, yeah, there's, there's definitely room. I think if someone wanted to, to try to do something like that again, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. You never, you never see people try to make like a, like a silent, well, I I guess there's probably like movies that are made. There's movies that are made without a lot of dialogue. You have like Mad Max Fury Road and stuff where where you could almost, you could almost make it a silent film and it would work. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that's kind of the beauty of that. But this, this was made in Germany. So yeah, Mm -hmm. all the subtitles were German. So when they, took it over to america they changed them all to american subtitles so all the names turn back to the dracula names on the amazon prime version that we watch so dracula becomes dracula again yeah. um renfield becomes renfield but then some of the people are still different like mina becomes nina it's like if you're gonna oh, change yeah. all the people back to the dracula names why do you still have like one or two that I are think like a someone, little i think that was just a typo or maybe that was just like <laughs> them just like really trying to because they changed all the names to avoid the copyright thing so yeah. when you change them all back they're like we should probably just leave like one weird so like no so we, there's still some plausible deniability yeah um yeah, but the the German subtitles. I, I actually saw a version of Nosferatu. The I saw a live screening of Nosferatu where they did the music live in person, and it was that screening that made me want to do this podcast. Actually, because mm-hmm. I remember I asked you if you wanted to go, and you were busy. But I yeah. I went, and it was it was a screening at a mall. They were doing like a like a free like a series where they were screening silent movies, and they were um you know showing. It, it was like free, but they had like live music. There were live musicians on the stage, like accompanying the silent movie. Yeah. And, you know, they did, like, a Charlie Chaplin movie. They did, like, some noir movie. But they also did Nosferatu. Mm-hmm. But when I read the ad that it was going to be at the mall, I was like, oh, it's, like, probably a mall with, like, a movie theater or something. Yeah. But we got there, and it was in the food court of the mall. <laughs> in the food court of this mall in Brooklyn, there's, like, a screen on, like, the far, far end and, like, a little stage in front. And then, like, all the food court tables. And because yeah. it's, like, a big mall food court, there's all these, like, pine trees, oh, like, God. in the middle. So, like, we were sitting, like, way back, and I was having to watch Nosferatu, like with like two pine trees like right in my in my front view so i'm trying like and this is a movie where you have to read not only subtitles but this is the version with the german subtitles and then in like yellow text under that they had like the american translations of it so i'm like weaving my head back and forth like like i looked like i was doing the chris tucker dance like from the rush hour movies kind of just trying to like read how many people were there there was a lot of people there. They were there just to watch the movie. They or? were there. Well, yeah, yeah. They were there just to watch. I think they were just enchanted that there was just a free movie in Brooklyn. Yeah. Kind of. I don't think there was a lot of like, yeah. like film buffs. There, there was a lot of just like normal people there. But uh... well, I guess we could go back to the the copyright kind of stuff. Sure. With yeah. with Dracula, because yeah, they famously decided to just forego all the copyright stuff to try to just make their own sort of tweaked version like they were like the kid that took their you know report you know took someone else's report and then changed like you know just the wording in the sentences yeah. and tried to send it in but bram stoker's wife was having none of that shit 
She, for someone who didn't like her husband very much, <laughs> as most of her relatives seem right. to Right, as indicate, we discussed in the last episode, they had a very odd, sexless, total sexless marriage. I don't know um, if it was totally sexless, but it was, I mean, they had children, obviously, but... Uh, uh-huh, but yeah, but... But it was a marriage, it was definitely a marriage of convenience, because yeah. we're, we're not sure if, if Bram Stoker uh, loved her more than he loved his boss, yeah, uh, which is you can listen to our first episode. And we get into all that, but what we yeah. do know is that she loved that sweet, sweet Dracula money <laughs> <laughs> because Ooh, they tried is. to put this this out, and she got wind of it and took him to court and sued him. And this this movie was such a like a, a money hole for Prana Films. This was their first movie they were going to make mm-hmm. the the occultist production company Prana Movies. And this sunk them in such a hole because they put out like a huge campaign to promote it too, with like posters and marketing stuff and yeah. like live, like gimmicky screenings and all this. And then she sued them, and it completely bankrupted the studio. This is their only movie, and the and as much and they thought that bankrupting it would get rid of the lawsuit, but then the judge ruled that even though they were bankrupt, they have to destroy all prints of the movie. Right, which is crazy to think like. Yeah, it's just, just burn them all. They just burned them all. Yeah, but but a couple survived. Like the mainly Ow. the internet. Well, they well they were international prints, so they were like shipped overseas oh. for things. So like one or two slipped through the cracks. So that's how we have right our, our versions of them, and that's but, why most transfers of Nosferatu aren't very good because it's just like a very shaky, just like print that managed to survive. Yeah, like Bram Stoker's wife like spent a lot of the rest of her life just going around and like finding like prints that like people were showing because people would you know they would hold screenings and stuff like they do now and she would she would like literally like go from like place to place trying to just like get every print of it she could find yeah it's and crazy. Uh, so it was basically like a lost film for it was a while. yeah it was yeah almost a lost movie it was almost like the the first dracula movie that way which i wonder if that's part of the reason why that's that so would be hard so, to find i mean as great as it is to still be able to like you know you can just pull it up and watch nosferatu on, a, on your device or whatever but it would have been kind of cool just to like to know that there was a Dracula movie made in the twenties that just vanished and like we'll never get to see it, you know? Yeah, especially if there was just like <clears throat> one or two pictures of the Nosferatu. Yeah. Because as creepiest. as we'll talk about in a little bit, the uh, Max Shrek as Nosferatu is very creepy, but there yeah. are a couple scenes in this where he just looks goofy as shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like when you see him and he's not like you know menacing over people, he looks he looks kind of goofy. So we and we didn't discuss like kind of like our first memories of, of oh yeah, of the yeah. Movie, but I very vividly remember that that show Are You Afraid of the Dark, which was on uh, Nickelodeon uh, when I was a kid. They did an episode where it was like these kids are working in a movie theater, and some creepy dude shows up with like a a, a reel, like a film reel of Nosferatu, and he says like this is like the scariest movie ever made. Yeah, and I guess like they're kind of playing up the whole. I'm sure by then Nosferatu was readily available, but I yeah. guess they were kind of playing up like, oh yeah, there's like a lost film. Um, and so like they show the movie and people's like minds are blown and everything. <laughs> and then eventually Nosferatu, uh, Dracula just comes out of the screen. I do remember so, that. Yeah. So you have like this dude in like pretty cheesy Nosferatu makeup, yeah. <laughs> like stalking these Cause, kids. Cause isn't there like a bad, like visual effect where he comes out of the screen and it's, it's just really like bad, bad. like yeah. Photoshop warping that yeah. like <laughs> yeah. essentially. But that's what, that's, I think that's how I first 
realize like oh they made this movie like a really long time ago it was actually the first uh film ad- adaptation of dragula yeah. i think a lot of my earliest memories of nosferatu aren't so much of like actually because i don't think i actually saw the whole thing until like i was in college probably yeah but too. like when you're a yeah. kid there's a lot of because it was a public domain movie you would just see like clips from it and things yeah. like people would just like use it in like horror montages like if you yep. ever if you ever saw Ernest scared stupid <laughs> <laughs> remember Ernest, kids <laughs> no one who wasn't yeah uh, i feel like that in phantom of the opera a lot of that's yeah of phantom of the opera too. gets gets used a lot for stuff like that too yeah. like Metro- metropolis movies like that uh-huh. um but yeah i remember it like at the beginning of Ernest scared stupid there's a lot of scenes of <laughs> of nosferatu and that while Ernest mugs for the camera under green lights side note we uh me and my my friend jen waring do that the show at qed where we show softcore porn movies and we have comedians riff over mm-hmm. it um and one of the movies we did was called Ghost in a Teeny Bikini. So it's like vaguely a horror porn movie, I guess. <laughs> and like they use so many clips from Nosferatu throughout <laughs> it. Because it's like, oh yeah, it's public domain. We can just use these creepy like clips and it yeah. kind of give it some legitimacy. But it's funny, you were talking about Are You Afraid of the Dark as being a kid's show that introduced it to you. I remember like I'm I'm a I'm a little younger than you, so like I remember watching like SpongeBob when I was like in middle school and there's that great episode where spongebob has to work the night shift and squidward tells him the story of the hack slinging slasher like some (laughs) stupid like spatula handed like made-up monster and like all the lights are having issues and everything at the end of the episode like it turns out that it's all just like in everyone's heads but the person messing with the lights is nosferatu and it's a bad like terry gilliam cutout animation of like nosferatu turning lights on and off and then he like smiles And like, and when I got to that scene in Nosferatu, and I was watching it recently for this podcast, I was like, "That's the part from SpongeBob," <laughs> which is such for for someone who, uh, you know, who considers himself a horror buff. For me to have the reaction of like, "I know that from SpongeBob," yeah, yeah. is like <laughs> such a weird instinct to have. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's one of those things. Yeah, that's again, it's just c- cultural osmosis. You're almost kind of subliminally told about it before, you yeah. know, you even consciously yeah. know what it is. Absolutely. So those are some of our, I guess, our, our anecdotes about this. Before we get too m- deeper into the the plot and everything in Nosferatu, I guess we could talk a little bit more about Shadow of the Vampire. Sure, yeah, which I know you've you've mentioned you haven't seen. But I haven't seen it, but it. I've looked into it. I watched some trailers on YouTube, so I know the general <laughs> gist of it. I think, actually, that came out, I think, 2000. So I yeah. was like, I think I was like 16 or 17 um, when that came out. And I remember... Because they kind of presented it like, oh, yeah, this is just about the making of Nosferatu, which, you know, seems super fascinating. But, like, the twist was that it's, like, a fictionalized version of, like, what happened. Yeah. But I remember at the time being like, oh, did this, like, actually happen? Like, is this how it went down? Because <laughs> Max Was Shrek, there actually a vampire? Yeah, well, Max Shrek was notoriously, like, weird on set, right? Like, he was a weird dude. And yeah. some people believe that he might have actually, like, you know... I don't even know if they actually believed he was a vampire, but they thought maybe he like practiced witchcraft, yeah. I'm sure. Well, there was an urban legend that went around. Cause I think in the 50s, there was some film critic that uh, started the urban legend that... Uh that no one knew who played the vampire. Oh, that weird. like not even that like you know like that Max Shrek played it, but that just no one knew who the vampire was. So that started like all this whole kind of urban legend kind of status of it was. Is there like an actual vampire in in Nosferatu? That's pretty which when cool. you see a guy that looks that weird, like you almost kind of want to believe that there's just like yeah. some weird. He just showed up on set, and they're like, "You, yeah," <laughs> because yeah, the plot of Shadow of the Vampire is basically that uh, F. W. Murnau, the director of uh-huh. Nosferatu like was such a like method director that he got a real vampire to play the vampire yeah. in his Dracula movie. Yeah. 
Which and, is great. I mean, it's a great concept for a film. Yeah. And F.W. Murnau is played by John Malkovich. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Max Shrek slash Count Orlock is played by Willem Dafoe, I think. Yeah, it's Willem Dafoe. So you get to watch Willem Dafoe and John Malkovich just be intense at each other. Yeah. It's great. And, like, it's uh, the makeup that they give Willem Dafoe is great. Um, but it's also not really quite – it doesn't really match up with what the movie actually looked like. Um. He's got like more like tufts of hair like on the side of his head and stuff. But uh, yeah, it, it is definitely like a fictionalized because also in that movie again, yeah, F. W. Murnau is like a very intense and you know mm-hmm. sort. He's kind of an asshole, and in real life, everyone's kind of just like he was nice. This is yeah, you know, he yeah, was yeah. he was just kind of just like a normal guy that wanted to make a movie. Yeah, Alvin Grau was a weirdo, and and like we said earlier, he's played by Udo Kier in the uh-huh. movie. He was definitely a weirdo in real life, but I think F. W. Murnau was just a guy that wanted to make a he just yeah. wanted to make a movie. So Nosferatu in this is 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 different <laughs> than yeah. a lot of other adaptations of Dracula, and it's kind of interesting that you know because when we all think of our adap- when we all think of you know the the movie versions of Dracula, it is almost that seductive, sexy kind uh-huh. of vampire. And it's interesting that, you know, for being back in the 20s, we think of, you know, a long time ago as being a more conservative time that they went with, like, no, Dracula in the book is a creepy fucking weirdo. Yeah. So we need to make this guy just a fucking creepy weirdo, too. Which he is. And he's, like, bald, and he's got, like, pointy ears, and I think he's just got, like, all pointy teeth, right? Yeah, he's got... No, doesn't he have, like, two, like, sharp, pointy teeth in the front? I, or no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm I think you might the, be thinking of the Herzog one. Yeah, thinking of the Herzog Which we'll talk about later in this pod, in this podcast series, not on this episode. Yeah, but. yeah, sorry. Um, no, yeah, you're right. And he's got the, uh, like, the long fingers and stuff. And he's just wearing, like, a black smock, which in the book, yeah. Dracula's only ever described as wearing black, so, yeah. That's, yeah. so that's how they chose to interpret that. Um, his pat, well, he, he sleeps, uh, Nosferatu sleeps in a coffin. This is where... This is where everybody, Dracula sleeping in a coffin, comes from. Because as you'll recall from our last episode, Dracula in the book sleeps in 50 boxes. Yes. <laughs> that, he has to, that he hides all around London. I feel like there's, there are multiple coffins in in this version there are there um, are multiple coffins like five maybe there's like five yeah there's there's a great scene where it looks like it's like stop motion where he he takes them all and he puts them on his little horse car oh, and then he gets yeah, and he gets yeah, on yeah. the one on top and then like the lid like stop motions like on top of it and then the horses leave it took but him I, like six hours to film yeah it's like six seconds in the movie. but i i think those extra coffins in this movie are more just kind of as a distraction because once they get the coffins onto the ship i think it's kind of just to do distract the the workers from checking all the crates for him yeah because they open one of them and inside is just like earth and uh and we should i get i guess we should talk about what uh nosferatu sleeps in in his coffin because Mm -hmm. as we talk about in dracula he sleeps in the soil of his native land Mm -hmm. that hasn't been that or that has you know been tainted or something like he can't sleep on like you know land where like people are like buried and there's like hollowed land there's a lot of very lawyery rules to where (laughs) dracula can and can't sleep in the book but in this he sleeps in a coffin and inside the coffin is earth from his native land but Uh there's also plague rats in there right 
which is metal as fuck. <laughs> Count Orlock sleeps in just a box full of dirt and diseased rats. How awesome is that? Yeah, it's pretty badass. So yeah, so when the so he brings his five boxes on the the ship, and you know a mate opens one of them, and inside there's just like rats and dirt. So that's mm-hmm. to make them all think like, oh, the rest of them are just rats and dirt. And, and he's just hoping right. by probability they don't happen to open the one that actually does yeah, <laughs> have yeah, a minute. Yeah. Uh, and that also kind of makes for when Dracula starts killing people on the ship, uh, some more plausible deniability. Because again, in the book, when once Dracula gets on the ship that takes him to London, it becomes kind of like a slasher movie for a second, where yeah. people start disappearing one by one. Yeah. And in this, it seems like they all kind of think it's just the plague that's getting people at first. Yeah. So the rats kind of add an extra dimension of you know. Plausibility was the plague. Uh, was that still a plague? <laughs> Was it still happening? I well, I think this. I think this takes place back in like the eighteen seventies. Yeah. Oh, it, it says here, yeah, that it takes place in eighteen thirty-eight. Because yeah, okay. Because I had that in my notes. Like, it's not clear from the beginning of the movie what. Like, is it supposed to be like a modern adaptation or yeah? So yeah, yeah. This takes place in eighteen thirty-eight. That was another thing that they changed because in Dracula the book, this uh, you know, it takes place at the time it's written. Right. In London, and th- and in this, it takes place in 1838, and it takes place in Germany. Yeah. And so, and they kind of tie Nosferatu slash Dracula into the plague, uh-huh. that he's like the reason that the plague came and took over Europe. Because there's big sections of Nosferatu that are just dedicated to, like, uh, like villagers, like, dealing yeah. with, like, the plague, and, like, people, like, bringing, like, dead people out of their homes. Yeah. At one point, there's just a shot of, like, five people walking with, like, coffins down a street, which is heavy for, like, a, yeah. a silent movie from the 1920s, you know? So is now, is that aspect, the whole plague aspect, Nosferatu, is, like, the first time they've done that? Because I feel like that's been carried over into other adaptations, right? Well, that definitely happens again in the in the Werner Herzog one. Herzog yeah, one. Okay. there's that great scene. We'll we'll talk more about that yeah. when we get yeah. there. But yeah, that's a big part of that. I think this is the only this is the only adap- this is the only this is the only Dracula related thing I can think of that deals with plague rats. Though uh-huh. the the Nosferatu is I don't recall okay. seeing that in anything else. There's I think may- I just watched those two movies like way too close together. Yeah, there's <laughs> maybe like other like versions of Dracula and other media where he controls rats. Yeah, or you know there's like or maybe there's like some scene somewhere where you know like a bunch of rats all combine and you know like form a Dracula or something. Yeah, I I don't know for certain if that's a real thing, but I feel like that's again one of those just images you have in your brain from just seeing mm-hmm. stuff over and over. But yeah, I think Nosferatu is very particular with its ties to the plague. Yeah. In particular, I should say. Um, so Nosferatu powers. You don't see him um, transform at all in this, do you? I don't think you do see yeah. him. You do see him apparate through things, which is a power that Dracula doesn't tend to have in some adaptations. Like yeah. he can turn into a bat, but he can't just like, you know, go through solid walls, which he can in the book. You know, he yeah, goes through yeah. closed doors, he gets into his coffin without opening it. Yeah, you become like a mist almost. And there is like there are well, there's one scene in particular where he, I think he gets to Carfax Abbey and he just walks up to the door and he just like fades out. Uh-huh. And it's supposed to be that he's walking through. Yeah. There's a lot of really cool fade in and out shots in Nosferatu yeah. for it being you know, a movie from the 20s again, because this comes from the, uh, oh, what's it called? The German Expressionist Movement. Mm-hmm. This movie's kind of from that same generation of films as like Metropolis, Metropolis yeah. 
uh, Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Mm-hmm. These were like all the first movies to really play with like set design and lighting. Yeah, make them kind of somewhat surreal. Yeah. yeah. And use yeah, and using, you know, scenery and light and mood and camera angles and camera placement to really tell the story. Because up until this point, you know, they've been making movies, but they've been very much, you know, just kind of just like point the camera at what you want to do. Yeah. And leave it up to, you know, your actors to create the entertainment. Where it's, you know, you had like Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton. And they did a lot of impressive stunts, and they were very funny. But you mm-hmm. don't think of like the camera work as being something that makes those movies. The camera's just right. there to like capture the comedy, basically. Right, right, right. And these were the first to really give us that language of cinema that's that we kind of take for granted now. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, like weird Art Deco sets and asymmetrical designs and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, very synonymous with that era. I was talking about the the shots where he fades in and out. Yeah. Because there's a great scene where there's a sailor asleep on the ship and he's like staring at the, at a box. Yeah. At one of Dracula's, at one of Nosferatu's coffins. Yeah. And it's like in the middle of the shot. So like all your focus is on it. And then to the right of the frame, Nosferatu just like fades in slowly. Uh-huh. And even me watching this in like my room earlier today, I was like, Jesus. Like yeah. it's, it's like such great misdirection. Yeah. There's a lot of. There's a lot of really great shots uh, throughout this movie that are like kind of ingrained in my head, honestly. I mean, obviously, the, that one shot of him uh, like creeping up the stairs, like that shadow. Oh, yeah. Um, like the shadow going over, you know, yeah. the Harker allegory. Yeah. I mean, that's used. I feel like that's been recreated or referenced, you know. Oh, for times sure. Over. You know, um, like the, the scene where he's like crouched over uh, the Mina character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mina slash Nina slash yeah. whatever her yeah. actual changed name for this movie was. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop trying to like remember the Nosferatu names for these people. I'm just yeah, gonna say like fine. the I'm just gonna say Whoever the supposed to be the, yeah. the, 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 the Harker character. Yeah. Um but yeah, I guess other other Nosferatu powers. This is where this is where the trope of Dracula dying in sunlight comes from. Uh-huh. Because as you'll recall from the book, Dracula doesn't like to be in sunlight. Like he doesn't really have his powers in sunlight. But it wouldn't kill but, him. But it wouldn't kill him. He yeah. he shows up in sunlight a couple times in the it book. Wouldn't kill you to go outside, Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I I like that a little better. That it it's not that he doesn't like sunlight, or it, it's not that he's allergic to sunlight. It's just that he doesn't like it because yeah. he's like. Same, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. And I think a lot of it's just that he, his powers happen at night. So he's like, well, if you only had powers for half the day, when you just choose to be awake during the half of the day, when you have those powers. Yeah, I got lost in Prospect Park for like two hours today. <laughs> so I get it. I understand. I if you like had weather manipulating magical powers, you would have <laughs> taken those for granted. Yeah. But this is this is the adaptation where vampires dying in sunlight comes from because at the very end of the movie, uh. Uh, Jonathan Harker's wife Nina decides to sacrifice herself she reads in Jonathan Harker's vampire book Mm -hmm. that uh, the only way to stop the vampires for a pure hearted woman to sacrifice her blood freely to the to the Dracula to the Nosferatu yeah and uh, to make him stay with her until the the rooster crows in the morning and then the sunlight kills him and she does that at the end yeah and he like fades out of the shot and there's like a little poof of like fire or smoke coming up from the ground and yeah and that's how Nosferatu dies in the yeah he just kind of uh burns <laughs> he just kind of burns yeah there's no stakings there's there's none of that there's no there's no like there's none of him not having a reflection in this i don't think that comes up at all mm-hmm. he can cross water freely there's a scene where he's on a boat holding his box which yeah. there's several shots of Nosferatu carrying his box around, carrying his coffin, I should say, as it's yeah. called. He's carrying his coffin around, and he just looks so goofy. Yeah, like, yeah, it's pretty goofy. Like for every like 
for all the scenes where he looks so menacing, there's like three or four other shots where he just looks so goofy, <laughs> where he's just carrying like a boxes because he comes to England and he has the five boxes on the ship, but once he gets there, he only takes the one with him. Yeah. So he's just carrying his coffin underneath his his arm, and uh, <laughs> and he gets on a he gets on a boat and he's able to cross the water. Whereas in Dracula, he can't cross the water because he uh, because he can only cross at high or low tide, or if he's in his box. So many rules. So many rules. This one just starts right with uh, Harker saying goodbye to uh, Mina. Yeah. Well, it starts with them. It starts with them saying that they, you know, them like there's title cards saying that you know the Nosferatu came to England or to Germany in 1838 or whatever, and it mm-hmm. brought the plague with them or something. So you're, it's almost kind of treated like this is like a weird historical, yeah, kind of like this actually happened. But yeah, it begins yeah with uh yeah Mina Nina, Mina Ellen. Nina. That character, she's she's in the garden and she's like, you know, doing garden things. And Jonathan Harker comes in, and you know, and he's real happy to see her. And we establish, you know, that Jonathan Harker and Nina are, you know, a couple. Mm. And uh, and then Jonathan Harker goes up to his office, and we find out that Jonathan Harker is a, a clerk for a lawyer, and that lawyer is the Renfield character, who is very creepy. He is such a creepy motherfucker. Like he, he looks like Gargamel kind of. Yep. Like from the Smurfs. <laughs> like he's got he's got just like this like white halo of hair like around his head and he's like bald on top and he's got like like gnarly teeth. Yeah, arguably more creepy than Nosferatu. Arguably, yeah, because Nosferatu like he looks uh, he looks cool when he's in the shadows and stuff, but there's a lot of shots where he looks goofy mm-hmm. as we've said and uh and Renfield just looks scary in any light there's a scene at the end of the movie where he's like sitting up on top of you know a building while people are carrying all their plague dead and they all just start like throwing rocks at him and he's just like laughing while rocks bounce off and we're like that's scary but scary. renfield's in there just uh reading it says the, there were unpleasant rumors about him there were unpleasant rumors about him yeah and jonathan harker much like his book counterpart is a complete dumbass who can't see danger when it's two feet in front of him yeah guy's an idiot so he just like kind of happily just like bumbles into Renfield's office. Renfield's reading the document full of occult writing that we were talking about yeah. before, which is actual occult writing and apparently a communication from Dracula, which we find out later because Dracula is also reading a paper that has the same writing on it. Mm-hmm. So they're in cahoots already, apparently. And uh, and Renfield is like cackling like a crazy person. And he tells Jonathan Harker that, you know, Count Dracula wants to buy property in England. Mm-hmm. Or in Germany. God, I keep I keep wanting to say England because I'm so used to it. It's like yeah, it's, it's the same thing. It's hurting my brain to try to, to like tomato. separate the Dracula Nosferatu <laughs> stuff. Bear with me, audience. I'm trying here. Um, but that yeah, Count Dracula wants to buy property there, and uh, that he wants to buy the property across the street from Jonathan Harker's home. Yeah, because this is a this is a very convenient plot or a very convenient location because uh, the property that Dracula lives in. Jonathan Harker's job and Jonathan Harker's house are all in like all the same there. block. <laughs> it's like, it's almost like a studio with not a lot of money trying yeah. to make them. <laughs> it's also, that's pretty shitty to just drop on someone. He's like, hey, we're going to be neighbors. Yeah, it's Surprise. like, you have, to, you have to go away to sell this count property and you have to sell him the property right in front of you. Yeah, I had a, um, uh, I used to play drums in a band and one of the guys in the band, like we, none of us really got along with him and there was like this <laughs> there is this slight 
chance that he was going to move right across the street from oh god from me and my was my girlfriend at the time my wife and uh yeah i remember that being like almost like offensive i was like <laughs> why the fuck would you move right across the street from me <laughs> and, this and is, that's just a guy you knew yeah that's this, not even like a creepy transylvanian count or whatever yeah this is just a yeah Nosferatu's like some hey, guy bam <laughs> we can uh, get together and play scrabble <laughs> If you want, I have Porcheesy. <laughs> Why do you never wave at me anymore when, you go, when I'm leaving for work? Oh, God, Nosferatu's home. Don't make eye contact with him. <laughs> Don't turn the lights on. He'll see. But um, yeah, Renfield tells Jonathan Harker that uh, he has to go sell Count Dracula this property, and he's going to be gone for a couple months while he does this, and then like says uh, like the creepiest thing ever to him. He goes like, You'll be away for a while, and it may take some blood from you, but you're young, or something to that effect. And then cackles for like a solid minute, and Jonathan Harker, again, just oblivious to yeah. all danger from him, is like, oh, wow. Yeah. Because Harker's like, you know, it's it's a long trip, but the Count has a lot of money. And how, old, <laughs> how old is Harker supposed to be, you think? I mean, oh, he looks God, like he's like, like 60 in the movie. Right? <laughs> it's hard to tell. He's like, pe- yeah, people back then just like look old, yeah, even though like, he's I mean, probably like 19. <laughs> I mean, like, I- I'd say like maybe like early 30s. I don't know, mm-hmm. like s- somewhere in there. He looks like a like a full grown adult man. Yeah, but they don't have kids. That's that's what makes me think that they're like really, really young. Because back then, kid, you know, you'd have kids at 25. And that was like you were. That's true. You're waiting way too long. I don't know. Maybe maybe Nina's barren. I don't Maybe. Mina, Nina, Ellen. Mina, Mina. The the three named lady. She's like Eminem. She's got like three names. <laughs> yeah, so Jonathan Harker uh goes up to his wife, Mina, and he's like, Oh my god, like I got this incredible opportunity. I'm gonna be gone for three months to go, you know sell property to this cow and then he just like dances off in the next room and starts packing while yeah. she just has like the saddest realization on her face like like you can hear like landslide by fleetwood mac start playing <laughs> like in her head yeah it's almost like yeah you would think that maybe she's um sensing that there's like some danger yeah. up ahead well, but no think, it's more just like this dude like just decided he's gonna leave me for a few months yeah she's not like <laughs> using supernatural powers or anything mm-hmm. she's just using like basic common sense like that this seems like a bad and sketchy idea yeah and she probably knows who renfield is already so she's like that yeah. weirdo told you to do that like <laughs> there's rumors about him don't you know <laughs> unpleasant rumors and Mina in this movie is a total, like, she does at the very end save Jonathan Harker, but she's nowhere near what she is in the book, where in the book she's such a proactive kind of protagonist, and yeah, she's kind of, like, working in service to her husband, but she's she's also out there, you know, she's the one that, she's the one that compiles the book you're reading. She yeah. takes all their diaries and puts it together, and like we said, it's like a weird charlie kaufman-esque thing where like at a certain point all the characters in the book read the same book you're reading up to the point you're reading uh-huh. <laughs> and everyone has the same information like she's the one that does that like toward the end of the book she's got like a gun she's out like shooting stuff like through her like hypnotic trances she kind of gives them information because she's kind of psychically bonded to dracula Did you ever um read the league of extraordinary gentlemen I saw the movie, (laughs) League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah, the movie's very loosely based on the book, but Mina Harker's in it. She's like a total badass, like she is in the book. Yeah. I'm surprised that they haven't made like just a Mina Harker movie. That would be sick. I feel like they might have done something. I feel feel like you see like Lucy a lot more in media than you do Mina, because, you know, Lucy, of course, turned into a vampire, and so she kind of can come back in various medias, just like, I wasn't actually dead, you know? Like, you know, like it seems like there's. 
like, you know, there's probably like a Buffy the Vampire type show or something that's used like Lucy at some point that mm-hmm. I remember seeing. But yeah, but Mina in this is totally is is a little bit more of a damsel in distressy kind of character, yeah. and she's given a lot of the Lucy traits where she sleepwalks because Jonathan Harker goes off to to meet Count Dracula, but she stays with Lucy in this movie and her husband. But these characters are like we said, just basically just like background kind of you know yeah noise, and Mina's the one that's given all the traits that Lucy has in the book where Dracula. You know, while Dracula's talking with Jonathan Harker and signing leases and stuff, he sees the, a picture of Mina, and he decides from the picture. He tells Jonathan Harker, "My, she has a lovely <laughs> neck," a lovely which, which is so weird and disconcerting. Yeah. Um, and I guess he just decides that he's gonna like psychically bond with her, so she begins doing all the sleepwalking and stuff that Lucy more does in the novel, and she kind of takes on more of that role. Mm-hmm. And Jonathan Harker, yeah, he goes up to Transylvania. He, uh. He stays in an inn before he goes up to the the castle, and uh, while he's in the inn for the night, he finds a book on the shelf that's like a book full of vampire rules, mm-hmm. and which is which is convenient for <laughs> if you're heading into that situation. It's it's almost like the script needed it. Um, yeah, he just finds a book full of like vampire rules, and it tells him you know, like the first Nosferatu was like from 1443, yeah. you know vampires or, or nosferatu i should say they don't say the word vampire nosferatu nosferatu's you know nosferatu have born. x powers and john harker kind of reads it and he goes like ha ha and he kind of like football spikes yeah, it on the he floor literally laughs <laughs> and then just like folds it up and like he's like yeah all right <laughs> that was a good read <laughs> you're just like you deserve whatever bad things are, are about to happen to you but like why why would you be that like that it kind of just goes against every other horror movie um trope where you know like the character usually starts out like not like this arrogant like most people would yeah. be scared like that's just like the natural reaction it's such like an odd well it, d- of... it does oddly kind of remind me of like when you watch like friday the 13th type movies how you have like the dumb kids going off into the woods at yeah, the beginning and they're true. all like whoa yeah. we're gonna party nothing yeah. bad's gonna happen to us we're gonna live forever <laughs> stab like <laughs> So yeah, so Jonathan Harker's staying at that inn, and then the next day he sets out on a carriage that takes him up to the Borgo Pass, where, like in the book Dracula, uh, Dracula is also the carriage driver, because mm-hmm. he has no servants, mm-hmm. and Dracula's there in one of his dress-up outfits. He's got his Robin Hood hat on, Very and he's poorly disguised. got his coat turned yeah. up, and uh, and Jonathan Harker gets in the thing, and they go up to Dracula's castle, mm-hmm. and Dracula's castle, I don't know if we discussed it or not already, is just like a broken-down battlement, kind of open air. Yeah. Has none of the charm and gothic funness of later Dracula castles. No, no interior decoration. Yeah. And, you know, Dracula kind of pulls up like a mile away from the castle and goes like, you have to walk from here. And uh, because there, he has no other servants, it's just him there. Much like in the book. Well, in the book, he has the, the lady vampires that live there. Yeah. But but in this, it's it's just just him. Yeah. And I, I like to think that when he makes Jonathan Harker have to like hike up the rocks, that's just like a Ferris Bueller kind of like situation yeah. where he's just like really fast having to speed up to the castle, and like change his clothes and everything, while like dun 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 dun. Yeah, it's it's comical. It's almost like yeah, he's just like he's just super lonely, and he's just like kind of play a game with he's kind of just like hanging out in there. Yeah, and uh, it's it's so funny because well, it's. 
you know, this is a movie made in 1922, so like all the outdoor scenes, they're supposed to be at night, but you know, a camera in 1922 is, no is not good. Yeah. So, so it's all filmed during the day. Everything's pretty brightly lit. And yeah. so, and yeah, and the castle's already like broken down and everything. So like when you first see Nosferatu, it's just like day and he's just like standing there and he just looks like, <laughs> he just looks like a dope. <laughs> he's it's just like, super creepy though. It is a little creepy, but it's... I think the daylight, yeah, definitely gives the movie a weird vibe. Because um, you're not used to seeing those kinds of... Like, you're not used to seeing Dracula just walking around in broad daylight. Yeah, t- totally. But and it, but it's it's kind of weird because we establish at the end of the movie that he, he dies in the sunlight. So unless you're, like, really paying attention right. to the inner titles, you're just like, what's happening? Like, oh, this is supposed to be a night that we're watching right now. But when yeah. they're shooting indoors, they can have it actually be night. You know? They didn't so, have that, uh, what do they call that, night and today effect in like video editing? Yeah, yeah, they didn't have yeah. that. <laughs> they, yeah, they didn't have After Effects tonight. plugins in 1922. Yeah. You're correct, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but they might have had like, you know, obviously they didn't, but like, I'm sure that they figured out ways like in the 50s and 60s to like shoot during the day, but make it look like it's at night. Well, it's it's so funny to me, like when you watch like bad movies and they try to do the night into day effect by like you know like cranking the you know light down real low yeah. and it always just looks like trash. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's and stuff effect. like that, or yeah. Um, but yeah, so Jonathan Harker yeah gets up to Dracula's castle and unlike in Dracula the book, uh, Nosferatu just starts eating him right away. It's yeah. just like because as we talked about in the book, Dracula may or may not have been attracted to Jonathan Harker. And that's why, because everyone else in the book Dracula to him is just like cannon fodder or means to an end, you know? He has Renfield kind of under his spell so he can serve the purpose of inviting him into the, you know, the asylum so he can get to Lucy. He, you know, everyone serves his need, but he kind of just keeps Jonathan Harker around for a while. And there's, you know, weird dialogue about how, you know, he lives like a night existence. And there's, you know, a lot of kind of undertones that Dracula might have been into this guy. Mm Mm-hmm. And when we look at, you know, Bram Stoker's personal life, how he was kind of attracted to the man that he obviously wanted to play, Henry Irving, at least in, like, it's definitely, it definitely, we don't have confirmation about any of this at all, you know, I don't know what went on in Bram Stoker's head, but he was definitely kind of obsessed with Henry Irving in some yeah. manner. Yeah. And, uh, and I was watching, like, some special features today on one of the Dracula discs I have, and they were talking about how all the parts were Jonathan Harker's, like, up in the castle, like, with them were some of the first things that Bram Stoker thought of when he started writing. So, like, his first idea for Dracula was, like, a man that looks like my boss that I'm, like, obsessed with has someone trapped in his, like, monster house and is, like, kind of forcing him to be his slave. Like, that was, like, the seed of, like, the idea for him. But in this, it's a much more kind of like what you'd expect from a vampire. He starts eating Jonathan Harker right away. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and... Yeah, I wonder if, like, that aspect of the book kind of went over people's heads. I mean... I, I think so. Yeah, because, well, I mean, we're talking about it now, but obviously, like... Well, I mean, yeah. even to us now, it's it's not obvious unless you know about Bram Stoker's life, kind That's of. That's true, yeah. Know. Yeah, it is kind of a... It's like a weird allegory that, yeah, it makes a lot more sense in retrospect yeah jonathan harker's at dracula's castle and while he's you know trying to you know get him to sign all the paperwork for his lease and you know count orlock has his uh, golden girls uh, <laughs> turban on uh he sees a picture of mina he's like wow what a lovely throw weird thing to say and uh and decides to start hypnotizing mina and she starts doing all her sleepwalking and then he starts eating jonathan harker and uh jonathan I, yeah i like the idea of nosferatu having like a throat fetish you know, I wonder, yeah. like, 
Yeah, it's very it's specifically thing people's to throats. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and that's, I guess, kind of like a thing that maybe comes from this movie. Because when you think of like people, you know, like like vampires and stuff it is always kind of like the, the throat action mm-hmm. but in vamp but in dracula you know like people do get bit on the throat in dracula but you know there's like the scene where dracula like cuts open his chest and makes her like drink out of it yeah. and there's other ways that like vampires use blood and stuff to you yeah, know yeah. get into people but yeah yeah, or- yeah orlock does seem very specifically fixated on on throats yeah um yeah so he Dude likes throats <laughs> And yeah, in the first scene where he eats Jonathan Harker, there's the great fade-in shot where he kind of just appears, and it's very creepy. There's the scene where he's like coming up the stairs, and yeah. that iconic scene where the shadow kind of like comes over the guy. Yeah, that's Jonathan Harker being bitten for the first time, and he writes home to his wife that like I've been having some bad dreams, and I have some weird bites on my neck, but I'm okay. Huh? <laughs> and after that, uh, Dracula puts his five boxes on a, a horse cart, and he goes did we already talk about how he has the the stop motion shot did we talk about we that talked before about it cut that. off yeah okay yeah so he he then starts going on his way toward germany and jonathan harker's kind of trapped in the in the castle and he escapes which that's similar to the book yeah where he escapes from the castle and then he just shows up in a hospital and he's kind of just like raving mad yeah and you know mina's at home and she's worried about him and she finally gets his letter. She's out sitting on the beach one day, and Lucy and her husband, and like one of the two things they have to do in the movie, bring the letter out, show it to her, you know, and yeah. you know, like Jonathan's okay out there somewhere. And he he eventually gets reunited with her, but he's you know starting to have vampire symptoms. She finds his book of vampire rules, figures out that it's Nosferatu, figures out that she needs to sacrifice herself to break the spell. Mm-hmm. So she like has all her windows open to invite the vampire in. And uh, at the very end, Count Orlock comes into her chamber, bites her on the neck, uh, because we we did already talk about the the vampire role that she has to sacrifice herself yeah, for yeah, yeah. cockroaches, and that's on yeah. recording, right? Yeah, it says, one can recognize the mark of the vampire by the trace of his fangs on the victim's throat. And it says, only a woman can break his f- frightful spell, a woman pure in heart, who will offer her blood freely to Nosferatu and will keep the vampire by her side until after the cock has crowed. That's a official full quote, everybody. <laughs> so she does that, and then he kind of fades away and dies in a little poof of smoke. Isn't that weird how it goes? It's Nosferatu is just supposed to mean vampire, but in this, it's definitely like his name. But Well, his name in this is Count Orlock. Yeah, but it says who will offer her blood blood freely to Nosferatu and we'll, well it's to offer to the vamp like the book isn't about Nosferatu like it isn't about Count Orlock yeah. it's about just like in general like it, it might as well say like the woman offers her blood to the vampire I know, know but but then it says and we'll keep the vampire by her side oh wait oh yeah the word oh I guess the word vampire does yeah well it, I guess maybe it's just like another name it's just kind well, of maybe like Chupacabra is, well is that is that quote from like the American intertitle or yeah, is there like it was. translation differences it maybe? was yeah so they probably just this one's know. because because of the lost footage kind of status of this movie. It's kind of, some facts like that are kind of yeah weird, weird. and hard to define. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but that's I guess that's in a nutshell kind of the the plot of the story. And uh, did we already talk about how most of the characters have nothing to do yeah. on the recording? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Van Helsing does nothing. Doctor Seward does nothing. Yeah. Lucy and her husband show up to like you know give him a letter at the end. They do nothing. They're just all there by name. It's like in um the original did you, you've seen the tv version of it right stephen king's yeah it. um you know because like there's so many characters in that book it's a huge book but yeah. like all of the uh like the bullies like henry bowers gang 
like they're all technically represented in that TV movie, but like they don't have any lines or anything. It's just like, it's so like, they can show up and like someone <laughs> says their name and you go like, I remember that person. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then it just moves on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's all the, the plot stuff, I guess. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that we really need to discuss that's, that's different from the novel that we haven't already talked about for, for those of you that are listening are kind of confused why we're confused. Our recording <laughs> shut off in the middle of our, we've lost about 15 minutes of conversation. So if we, if we accidentally double say something or we, you know, go like, did we talk about that already? That's what we're referencing. <laughs> I guess we should put that disclaimer in because even with editing, I feel like there's probably going to be yeah, some, might be some kind of overlap. some, some double talk or something. If you're going to condense the, the book of Dracula, I think this adaptation does do a very good job oh yeah and it it, staying true to the overall plot you know yeah and yeah and if you're if you're doing the story like we're we're not like getting down on any of like the condensing you know like it's not being true to the book like as we discovered when we tried to explain the plot of the book it's kind of unadaptable (laughs) like yeah unless you really just kind of take things and you boil them down you kind of combine attributes of characters yeah you you streamline things a little bit yeah, and and Nosferatu does a good job of that, and it's not very long. It's just a little bit over an hour, and it. Uh, set, um, this says ninety four minutes. It is not that long. Maybe I'm, that's I'm, like the original release. I want to say like the Amazon version was like an hour fifteen. Yeah, minutes or it was. Something. It was pretty short. I guess we can talk about like just Nosferatu and pop culture. Yeah, that's that's a good thing to talk about because this does kind of this is the originator of the the ugly vampire. Mm-hmm. Like it's. Like, I like to think of when you're thinking of, like, the origins of film vampires, there's two sources. There's Nosferatu, basically, and there's the Bela Lugosi Dracula, and everything yeah. branches from those. Yeah. Like, you know how, like, when people talk about, like, rock and roll, how or, or heavy metal, rather, how everything branches from, like, Black Sabbath or Zeppelin? Yeah. Like, all the hair metal-y kind of bands kind of come from the Zeppelin side. All yeah. the, like, harder metal bands kind of come from the Sabbath side. Yeah. This is the same way, because, you know, this has, like, a, a weird, ugly vampire, and... And you know, and then you have stuff like Salem's Lot directly draws influence Absolutely. from uh, from Nosferatu. The director himself kind of said that he used it as a as a basis. Yeah. Um, you know, even stuff like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You know, when they turn into vampires on that show, they have like the weird faces. Yeah. Or like the Lost Boys. Did you see uh, what we do in shadow? What we do in the shadows? Have you seen that? Like, like a long time ago. I, th- I think I've seen that. Yeah. The, yeah. Oh yeah. The, there's one in the basement that's yeah, very clearly like Nosferatu. Yeah. I, I have seen that. Yeah. Yeah, so there yeah, anything where it's it's like the the ugly looking vampire is is very from Nosferatu and and you get kind of to places where things kind of like meet in the middle between sexy vampire and like ugly vampire, you know, like like Lost Boys, I guess, would yeah. kind of fall into that where they're you know, they're like attractive at one point, but when they're about to eat someone, that's when you get the the weird foreheads <laughs> and the the big teeth and and all that stuff, I guess, kind of stems from from Nosferatu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and it's I can't think of another another movie where like remakes have been made based on Nosferatu. Yeah, rather it's so strange. Like, specifically based on Nosferatu rather than Dracula. Yeah, like, like it, stylistically, I guess they're sort of taking that. And I mean, the the story itself is different enough from the book that you could say it's like a it's its, it's technically thing. its own thing. Yeah. yeah, and it's 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 interesting to look at because yeah, while it is a ripoff, it does do things differently enough to kind of give it its own iconic look mm-hmm. and its own it's it's not just you know it's not just changing things to change things it's, it's at least changing things to make them interesting yeah. you know or to 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 put their own artistic vision on it you know yeah. which it, is what the herzog was was basically just totally a stylistic yeah. tribute to 
you know, like, like they didn't have to add in the fact that, you know, like Dracula's the reason for the plague. That's yeah. a super interesting addition. I, I feel like that's probably one of the things that attracted like Herzog to it was. Although they do change all the names back. Yeah, and the Herzog one, they do straight up, yeah, change all the names (laughs) back. Dracula. So when we get to that one, we won't have our confusion of this time where I feel like I'm about to have an aneurysm trying to remember (laughs) the right name for everybody. Yeah, although in the Herzog one, it's Lucy Harker. Yeah, they they have to just keep it just a little weird. Just a little weird. Um, There's two remakes of Nosferatu currently in development. God, they're still making them. So the first, yeah, the first one is, it was funded on Kickstarter. And uh, they yeah they reported in they they it got funded in December two thousand fourteen it's still in production and then the, I guess even after that one got announced they announced another one that's being that that this one sounds more like a like a yeah. bigger budget. is that the one that Hollywood. the guy that made the witch is making Studio Eight yeah yeah, yeah Robert that's the, Eggers is right that's the one it. that'll probably get made I'd say because yeah the witch is great it's kind of a dick move like oh yeah these guys like got funding to make Nosferatu <laughs> movie on Kickstarter and now we're a studio film that we're gonna... well I guess like Nosferatu's like well I, I guess it's just kind of public domain by by be. default because yeah. it's like basically lost like we could yeah. make a Nosferatu if we really wanted mm-hmm. I'm surprised yeah I'm surprised more people haven't I'm I'm sure they have, but they're all just such shit that you never. Well, it's <laughs> hear like King, about them. King Kong too. I think it's public domain. Um, yeah, but yeah, like Universal, I think owns probably like. I'm sure that they've like figured out how to copyright their aspects. On the, yeah, on the on the story. But yeah, there's there's got to be something proprietary that Universal does in theirs that makes yeah. it to where they. Or, or just the fact that, you know, like our public domain laws are so fucked up due to lobbying and stuff that, like, there's a lot of things that haven't entered the public domain in a while. Really? Just because, you know, like, Disney's, like, stretched them out so long through, like, court battles and stuff because they want to hold on to, to Mickey Mouse. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, so what would happen if Disney lost Mickey Mouse? <laughs> well, it's not that they, like, would lose Mickey Mouse. It's just that anybody could make a Mickey Mouse movie. Like, right. And it, it kind of like I mean, and that sounds like weird, but like we have we've gotten a lot of art out of you know like the public domain. You know, like I said, the fact that we anyone can use Sherlock Holmes is mm-hmm. part of why he's so iconic because he's a character that kind of anyone can take and plug in where they need him. And, right. And and you get like interesting, innovative things sometimes when you give creative people interesting characters and you know don't charge them like an arm and a leg to to do stuff with them you know so yes yeah. I, I guess that's a it's a good place to nosferatu is yeah. kind of a short one so there's there's not a, a whole whole lot to yeah it's not a meaty meaty plot it's not a meaty it's a very skin and bones plot and uh but there's a lot of neat stuff i definitely recommend watching it do you would you recommend people watching it oh yeah just not maybe just not the amazon version just got to be a better like a blu-ray yeah. copy go out on there. youtube and see i actually was watching like a special feature on um on one of the Dracula Blu-rays that I have, and mm-hmm. they were talking about how like there's been like adaptations where like people put like electronic music and stuff underneath it. And... Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a silent film, so yeah. Uh, in college, we used to just put this on and put our own music on, like Radiohead. Yeah, so there's <laughs> so if you yeah if you look around online long enough, there's almost definitely like a really cool version of of Nosferatu that you could you could yeah. watch and really get something out of. So yeah, so so do some research. Don't watch the Amazon one. Yeah, but yeah, of course, highly recommend. Highly, yeah, totally. All right. Well, I guess that's all we have time for with Hacks on Drag today. But before we go, we'd like to... What's our what's our next episode going to be about, Chris? Uh, we're going to do the Bela Lugosi version of Dracula from 1931. Excellent. All right. Well, from all of us here at Hacks on Drag, I'd like to say good evening. Good evening.